go for it. <laughs> it started straight away. <laughs> oh. Well, hello and welcome to Strike's Review of Jessica Jones Season 2, Episode 2. Um, as you can tell from the accent, I am not Paul. I am your <laughs> surprise host, Josh. And with me tonight, we have the heartthrob of Herefordshire, Mr. Tony Bufton. Oh! And also the Nottingham nobleman, Senor Paul Washington. Hello. Right, guys. We watched the episode. I think we had a good time at the start of it. I particularly (laughs) believe Craig enjoyed one scene, which we will go into detail with. Um, So, yeah, um, I just wanted to start with the fact that this episode opens in a bar. Where else are you going to start a Jessica Jones episode, to be honest? <laughs> it's like starting an episode of Breaking Bad in a crack house. <laughs> it's, it's, it's what should be happening. It's what she does. She drinks. It's what she does. She goes and gets pissed and comes up with a better plan. <laughs> so, she, she drinks in the bar and she gets a very nice compliment. Very nice compliment. I think we'll have Tony explain what that is. Uh, compliment was uh i believe it was nice ass <laughs> and quite or right something he was. Along quite right he was so they go they go into a little quiet area and do the deed <laughs> they sow the seed she got coffee <laughs> <laughs> and she gets a call about uh, a man named Kozlov which is apparently the guy who experiments on it. As I announced uh, when... in the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> As uh, Paul, Paul spoiled the second episode in the <laughs> first review. <laughs> Thanks, Paul, for doing my job for me. Of all people to fuck it up. Was... <laughs> Especially when the first episode was called Start at the Beginning. Yeah. <laughs> well, what more are you going to do? So, um Anyway, she gets the call about Kozlov, and she gets an address from Malcolm. And she goes to uh, the she goes to his house, and I'll be honest, I I laugh quite hard at this. The fact that the two guys come out of the house dressed like security men, so she sort of like sneaks up to the front door, tries to break in, and it's a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I laughed quite hard at that. I did laugh quite hard at that. Um, but something I wanted to touch on was just after that, you see, um, Trish meeting a mum, um, and I kind of got an impression from a mum that even though mum was quite a side character in season one, she's quite fleshed out even in just that one scene. Because mm. she kind of comes across that she's living a life. Through a daughter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very vicariously. Yeah, and I think that's quite a good theme to go with in a show in this day and age because I think that's something that still happens. Mm. Um, like a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of parents are trying to get their kids to go on to better, bigger and better things because they didn't have the opportunity when they were younger or they didn't take the opportunity. And I, th- I think that's just something that really would resonate in the society of today. My God, I'm getting all academic. I've been in uni too long today. 
doing me tax dodges, as Craig would say. Um, but she she then asks for a guy's number. Um, it's a guy she hasn't seen for a long time since. I think, was it the days when she did Patty? Is that is that the guy who that guy is? He sort of like produced Patsy, the show yeah. that she was on when she was younger. Yeah, um, I think yeah. so. But, um, yeah, so she gets, she gets her number and she goes off to meet the guy. So we then turn back to Jessica and we have the infamous return of the wizard. And, um, just, just because I was originally named as the the comic nerd, the wizard, was actually a golden age, age character, um, who got his super speed apparently by the transfu- transfusion of mongoose blood. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean it was the forties. Let's be honest, Jay Garrick was so, getting super speed from hard water. I mean, so what was the, that character like? Was he a big fat bloke in that version, or no? No, he was he was quite a muscly kind of guy. And oh. I'll be honest, his costume left a lot to be desired. <laughs> I suppose actually, at least he got one. Yeah, that's true. But actually, if you look at the character on the Netflix show, the, um, the colours that he's wearing and the backpack are very, very similar to his costume. Ah, nice. So that was a nice little nod there. So, um, anyway, we turn back to Jessica and she's, uh, she's being questioned by the, by the plod, as we call them in Liverpool. The plod. Or the, uh, the busies, as Craig would call <laughs> the busies. Um, what did you guys think about the, um, the two police officers? There's a real obvious good cop, bad cop going on again, isn't there? That seems yeah. to be a trademark of the show. I've, I've opened someone to say that because I sort of got the feeling that um, it was a sort of reverse one because I used to watch like cop shows when if it was a good cop, bad cop, and there was a, a guy and a girl uh, sort of cop dynamic, the girl was always the good guy, mm. the, cop, the bad guy, and I like that switch. Yeah. Because, I'll be honest, she's a great actress, the woman, but I really wanted to hate her. Because, <laughs> yeah, she was just really so annoyed. doesn't like Jessica, does she? She's yeah. Just... She's got something against power people, I'm telling you. Yeah. <coughs> but, um, yeah, so the question here about uh, the, unf- the tragic death, tragic death of the wizard, a man who was never used to his full potential, <laughs> should have been in more. Uh, so they take, it sounds like another takes, super speed Marvel character. Who's this? The Wizard. Underused. Like oh, Quicksilver. Okay. You didn't but, see uh, that coming? I didn't, I did not see that coming. I did not. <laughs> uh, so Jessica takes, uh, the two police officers to the fake ID guy. Is what I call him. Uh, the super. Uh, the guy in 6F, I believe it was. Um, and I think that this guy also represents a little bit of a thing that's going on in today. But what did you guys get from him? Like, do you like his character or do you not um, like him? <laughs> I don't, I don't mind him. 
Uh, and I think we obviously we learn a little bit more as as we go on. I've I'll, I'll put my hand up now and say I've not finished watching the series yet. Um, I've kind of yeah. tried to keep it down to what we're we're recording at a time. Um, yeah. But from what I've seen of him, I I like him. He's, he's got a bit of an arc going that yeah. that kind of kicks off here. Um, and and the actor portraying him, I really really like. What he yeah. what he does with the character for for kind of the the fleeting glimpses we get of him per episode, um, I I think he's doing a good job. Yeah, I've I've seen him in a couple of other things, and he's a really good actress, actor, yeah. uh, actress, <laughs> a- actor even. I can't speak. <laughs> yeah, he's a, I quite like him as an actor personally, but I think he sort of represents a a thing that's actually going on in America at the minute, and it's. The, it's like the whole idea surrounding immigration and the fact that Trump's come in, things like that, because he doesn't want to talk to the police on account that he's brought his family over and if he makes a statement, they can start to then look into his family and they can be sent mm. back to where they came from. And I, I thought that's a, um, that's a good way to put that across because you, co- you connect with the guy because you feel sorry for him. The, um, He's he's brought his family over on on the fact that he could be sent to prison for it. Yeah. So, so the audience connects with him, but then it it sort of links back to how the the audience are living life at the minute because all that's going on with Trump and everything. Yeah, it's actually interesting because like, he he played a he was in Arrow. He was in season three of Arrow, yeah. playing playing a yeah. character called Wildcat. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. With the infamous boxing glove arrow moment. Which yeah. Crap. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I also wanted to just touch on the fact of Jerry Hogarth and her sort of diagnosis. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I quite she touched on she touched on a couple of things in that episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's uh, she's sort of displacing her feelings there, kind of like yeah. just cab crawling and. It's yeah. quite simple. The note I've got is Hogarth and Hookers. It's as simple as that. <laughs> yeah, and, and see, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, see, that's the difference between mine and Tony's notes. Tony's got um, what did you have written down there? Just Hogarth and Hookers, that's all I need you to remember it yeah. from. Tony had his double H, I had Hogarth, Prozies and Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just scousing it up here, aren't I? <laughs> you know? Yeah, but that it, soul sequence was just a, blew my mind a little bit, because she'd come across as this quite sophisticated and proper yeah. woman previously to that, and then, blimey, Charlie. Yeah, it just... <laughs> It changes like on a dime, and you're like, yeah. "Whoa, hang on!" I know you're depressed, love, but like you're just g- gone right out of the zone, mm. so far past the zone that the zone is a yeah. dot in your vision. Because of course, at it, this point, we the audience still don't quite know what she's got. I assumed, of course, she probably got cancer. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought. Yeah, was, we, we'll yeah. get to in episode three. It's not that, but. You knew something was up, and then you saw, yeah. but then you still see her doing. I think, blimey, it must be grim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I felt, I felt like that is 
that was a great way to make Hogarth a more central character. Because like I said mm. in the review in episode one, she wasn't exactly in the forefront of season one. Yeah. But she had that sort of story arc where you sort yeah. of remember her and that sort of makes her stand out a bit more. But whereas with this, the story arc, as we will talk about later, will link into the vast majority of the series. Yeah. And I, I quite like that, that the fact that they flesh her out more, like they did with Trisha's mum and a lot of other characters. But um, just on a, another side note, actually, um, with Malcolm, that dude is getting some. <laughs> the dude is getting some. But he's replacing one addiction with another. Yeah. He's replacing his addiction with drugs and Kilgrave with his addiction with women. Yeah, it seems to be, isn't it? the dude. Mm. More than I am. Yeah. Well, so uh, any thoughts at the minute? Are we liking the episode so far up to this point, or are we still a bit, whoa, no, not for me? No, well, I, I think, think it, it, as I say... Sorry, Paul, go on. No, go ahead, Tony. No, I was just going to say, well, from the moment the Hogarth thing kicks off, I thought it, it suddenly, the episode just ramps everything up a little bit. Yeah. And then we, we're starting to see a little bit of, of Trish's backstory in this seat. Oh, not backstory, but her story. Yeah. Running again now. Yeah. Um, when she started, she goes to, um, we find out a bit about the relationship she has when she's a child actress. Yeah. And sort of hinting at why she's a little bit screwed up, I think. So. Yeah. See, when I was watching this second episode, I thought if they'd have brought just a couple of things from the first episode and put them in this one, this would have made a better pilot episode for season two. Mm. Because, like we said when we reviewed episode one, that episode doesn't really do much. It's just mm. a recap episode. This one is where it really starts picking up. Yeah. yeah. And everything starts to come to the forefront. Yeah. And it was... Fr- I was, I was gonna kinda of pick up on the fact that it, it kind of starts a, a new relationship as well between Trish and Malcolm. Yeah. Um, yeah. which will lead, lead through the, probably the whole season I think. Um, yeah. Which we hadn't seen previously either and I, I really like that dynamic between those two. Yeah. I like the fact that they're bringing characters that you wouldn't think would interact together and they actually make a really good pairing out of them. I like it when shows do that. But as you were saying, Paul, with the fact that um, Trish sort of recruits Malcolm to help her out with a little problem that she's got when she goes to see this uh, guy whose number she gets from her mum. This this scene like actually gave me a little bit of chills because it actually reminded me a bit of the Harvey Weinstein thing that's been going on recently. Yeah. Mm. No, there's uh, yeah, there's I... certainly some some resonance of of what's happening in Hollywood as a whole. Yeah, um. and I, but what struck me was I, I sort of looked into it a bit just for as we were doing this episode. I looked into it a bit, and the scenes were shot before the Weinstein scandal came out. Yeah, and I thought, I wonder if the showrunners and the writers were sort of trying to get it out there that sort of trying to think how to word this that you were trying to put it out there if the scandal hadn't have come out you're trying to 
sort of draw more attention yeah. to it. Yeah, definitely, and and that's it's just a strange coincidence, or or maybe it was known that something was going on. I I don't know, yeah. but but that's the way it felt. Yeah, me. definitely. So so then we have uh, the recording, the infamous recording of Trish turning to blackmail. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, Malcolm I, I again. Was, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty sort of badass kind of thing. And I yeah. thought, oh, Trish has got a pair of balls. Yeah. This this woman. Wow. Yeah. I did like that. And uh, then then we have the reintroduction of Simpson. Yeah. Uh, as uh, Jessica and Trish are being chased around the the set of the studio by a mysterious killer. Yeah. It's Agatha Christie all over again. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so it, it, was, it was good to have him back, considering that he is a, a bigger part of the MCU in the comics, or the, yeah. uh, the comics, should I say. Um, yeah. It's got kind of a shame that they killed him off so quickly. Yeah, I didn't like that. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I suppose they have to make room for, for other characters. Yeah, and I I sort of saw this as the beginning of a transition period for Trish because she she takes a lot of his stuff when he passes, doesn't she? Yeah. She takes his uh, his magical inhaler. Yeah. And uh, things go down when she takes that inhaler. Yeah. I'm <laughs> not for asthma. Let's just say that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And yeah, my nail doesn't have that effect. <laughs> no, certainly mine doesn't either. So, so yeah. Right. I just the, I think the big thing for me out of that episode was the Spider-Man references scattered throughout it. Yeah. yeah. With great power, my balls are tingling, and the scrouchy sense line was just <laughs> hilarious. Like, I I actually, I barely laughed at that. I've barely laughed for a long time. <laughs> I really laughed at that. So that, that, that would bring us to the end of episode two. So should we get on to some ratings? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so let's go for the, the out of ten, as we did with the Oh, last. eight for me. I, I would say the same. I would say it's an eight. It definitely it ramped up from the previous episode, and definitely worth yeah. that extra mark, that, that one mark ahead of what, yeah. what I gave episode one. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree, I'd agree with you guys. We always agree, don't we? Great minds think alike, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd say the same then, yeah, with an eight. Yeah. So I think that that about wraps it up, doesn't it, guys? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So I just I just like to thank everyone for listening and uh, hope you've enjoyed the change of host. I mean, I'm I'm quivering in my boots sat here hosting this thing, like, but first time for everything, isn't it? So uh, thank thank you guys for listening. And uh, we'll see you for episode three. Cool. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast. Network.